0: as we endeavor and as we are in the work of God, that we are receiving the words that he would have us to say, that we have hearts open to that. Moses, I believe, has been seeing himself as incapable, and God has assured him of his leading as he took him through that work. Following God requires following Him, not doing it in my way, but doing it in God's way, allowing His leading, allowing Him to fill me, to direct me and to use me. Now we come to verse or to chapter four, and we find the fourth response um, we we'll read the first nine verses here. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. So his fourth response there, They will not believe me. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass If they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon the dry land. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. they will not believe me." You know, God had a response to that. He had Moses throw his rod on the ground and it became a serpent and again returning to a rod, his hand becoming leprous and returning normal again. And finally, he said, if they don't believe these, You're going to take water from the river. You're going to pour it on the land, and it's going to turn to blood. You know, I think Moses could have gathered from this. Maybe God was trying to tell him, Moses, this will not be in your strength. God was going to show his power and glory. He wasn't going to show the work of man. Um... Moses was seeing himself in this. And he wasn't, he was going to only use Moses as his vessel to show his power and his greatness. The work of God is for the glory of God, it's not for the glory of man. You know, in, again, um, Looking at Paul here in acts nine fourteen uh, I believe Ananias was coming uh, God was sending Ananias to Paul to Saul at that time, and God told Ananias that Saul is a chosen vessel he was going to be bearing his name to the Gentiles, and you know God was not going to to um, Saul was not going to show something great of himself as uh, a servant of God, but rather, God was just going to use him as a vessel. And even so, as we consider our usefulness to God, you know, I don't think we need to worry so much about whether what we do and what we say will be received, as much as the fact that we are called of God, we are called to answer his call. And that was what Moses was being asked to do here. The next response we find in verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, because I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Just continuing the next two verses here. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Moses's response here was, I am slow of speech. Um, I... I don't know how to talk very well. He said, I'm not eloquent. Now, not always sure what to do with all that. Um, Acts 7.22, I believe this was Stephen that uh, said that Moses was mighty in words and in deeds. Moses, a mighty man. Sounds like he was saying that he was a good speaker. But, you know, it's possible. So Moses, at this point, was not very familiar with the Hebrew language. He was just a young boy when he was taken to the Egyptians. So maybe he was a little nervous about his talking to the Hebrews. It had also been probably about 40 years since he had been with the Egyptians and using their language. So maybe, maybe he just felt he was more fluent in the Midianite language. And kind of in response to um, the verse there in Acts, I believe that Moses' years leading Israel, leading the Hebrews, would have developed some of his fluency in the Hebrew language, as well as in his leadership skills and being able to speak. But the response of God here, Moses said, I am slow of speech, or I can't speak very well. God says, I made your mouth, and I will be with it. In other words, I will tell you what to say, kind of as he had spoken before. Where do your words, again the question, where do your words, where do my words come from? In Matthew 10, uh, we read about not being concerned and planning ahead what you're going to say. Uh, It says, it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father. And is that the Spirit that is speaking through us, that of our Father? Now, I believe that Moses' responses here in chapter (coughs) 4 have changed from maybe somewhat of a response of inadequacy in chapter 3 to chapter 4 a little bit more of looking for a way out. Maybe that's something that we can relate to, at times looking for a way out of what God is calling us to. But there was no smooth way out for Moses. And he got blunt with God. As we move on here, verse thirteen, I'm going to read verses thirteen through seventeen. And he said, "O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom Thou wilt send." And I don't believe Moses was thinking he was that person. He was looking for God. His response here to God was, "Send someone else, not me." And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be... Even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. No more excuses here. Moses just got frank with God. First of all, chapter 3, he says, here am I. And now he says, send someone else. I think when it comes right down to it, there's times, maybe often, when we would prefer if God would send someone else. I don't know if you relate to that or not. From a distance, maybe doing the work of God, we can see the glory, and it, it looks appealing. But what about when we recognize that there's going to be hard work? Moses recognized that. And somehow it lost some of its glory. Moses, in chapter 2, had gone out to the Hebrews. And I don't know what all was on his mind. Was he reaching for the leadership to lead his people Israel at that time? I'm not exactly sure. But he came face to face with the call here that God has had on his life. And it lost some of the glamour that uh, maybe it could have had before. <coughs> we see God's anger turned towards Moses. Moses was in a dangerous place here. In Numbers 11, we read about the anger of the Lord being kindled. The Israelites were ungrateful. God had sent them manna, but they wanted something else. And God sent it. He sent quail. but. There were many that were smitten with a plague. In Second Samuel, we read about God's anger being kindled against Uzzah. He steadied the ark when it came over a rough spot, and the anger of God was kindled against him, and his life was taken. David, in First Chronicles 21, sent out to number Israel to get a census, and it displeased God. And he smote many in Israel. So I believe that Moses was in a dangerous place here. But God did exercise his patience and mercy with Moses. And you know, there's a change that happens in Moses at this point. We read about that change. I think Moses probably recognized that he had gone too far that he was pushing against God. Probably recognized that God was having mercy on him. But as we go through the, end, the remainder of the chapter here, we see Moses was being prepared to go. Starting in verse 18, And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, Go, return into Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife. And his sons, and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. But I will harden his heart, that he should not let the people go. <coughs> and thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. And it came to pass by the way in the inn that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet, and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So he let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband thou art, because of the circumcision. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of God, and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord, who had sent him, and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses, and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. As I said, Moses was ready to go. (coughs) He went to Jethro and requested that Jethro let him leave, possibly seeking a blessing from Jethro, which he did receive. He received that blessing from Jethro. He told him, said to Moses, he said, go in peace. You know this was a major call on Moses life and I believe we can take an example from that as a brotherhood here as God places a call a major call in our lives whatever it may be that we seek the brotherhood blessing and I believe that that is just a um, an important aspect of our lives and of being useful to God, of not just striking out and doing things on our own. We notice that God was not done working on Moses. There were still things that Moses needed to get in order before God could use him as he planned to, and it would seem that uh, well, it was at least one <clears throat> of his sons had not been circumcised it says that in the way in the inn that the Lord met him the Lord met Moses I believe it was Moses and sought to kill him and we really don't have detail on what that was exactly um, your imagination can go was there an angel there with a flaming sword um, don't know. I would imagine it could have been possibly a sickness, that, that um, it may have been a, a question about Moses' life, whether he was going to live. Exactly what that looked like, we don't know. But what we do know is that when his wife Zipporah uh, performed that rite of circumcision, that God was satisfied. And that God let Moses go. That he did not take his life. Moses was willing to allow God to continue working in him. And you know along the way, it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter where God is leading us. But God still wants to work on our lives. He still has a work to do within us. It's not that we get to a certain point, a certain plateau or that um, God is using us in such a way that it means we don't need worked on anymore. I think we all understand that, each one of us. God needs to continue working on us as long as we are alive. We have Moses and Aaron then meeting and um, going to the Israelites, and it says that the people believed. That was a... Concern or excuse that Moses had, the people will not believe me. Uh, But they did. Again, it was the work of God. It was not the work of Moses and Aaron and their um, convincing strategy or their eloquence or whatever it may have been, but it was simply that God placed the words in their mouths and they were used of him. God wants to use the daily experiences of our life to prepare us for whatever he has for us in the bigger picture. God is not going to take us in a moment to a great work, I don't believe. But it happens over time. It happens through the daily experiences as we respond properly to God. And are useful in the small things. That God continues taking us to greater things. Just as Moses, who'd have guessed it? That all these things, these experiences of life, would come together to where he could relate to Israel. He could relate to Pharaoh. And he could lead his people out through the harsh desert life which he had been prepared for as a shepherd. But I think one thing we need to remember is that our daily and moment-by-moment responses to God matter as we look at the bigger picture. And there's something that um, my wife has used for our children some, has said to our children some, which is so true. Always say yes to God. And you know, that's something that I think um, that, that sounds so basic. Always say yes to God. But that's not just for children. That's for each one of us. No matter how big or how small. And you know, God may take us different routes. We may, as we heard in Sunday school, at times question why. But what is our heart? Is it a spirit of why? Because I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to go where you're calling me, God. Or is it out of a heart of surrender and really desiring to know God's call in our lives? And I just... If I can leave you with one thing about responding to God's call, I'm just going to leave you with that simple always say yes. And um, that is, that is, that's all God asks of us to say yes and to be willing to do His will. Let's kneel for prayer. <coughs>